1: All right, this is going to be uh, some of the best podcasts we've ever done, even though Steve Bersnick is still here on this one, our producer. We're going to be joined by Derek Sharp, who's going to take his place for a couple of weeks while he's on vacation. Steve, we got the gang back together at this point now. Hey, where's Tom Jones? you <laughs> will be on later this week. I know. How you doing, Sharpie? I haven't talked to you in a long time, man.
0: Well, hold on. You know, I, since there's copyright, I can just actually do the music myself. Da-na-na.
1: Da-na-na-na.
0: Da-na-na-na. Oh, I mean, yeah. you, know, you gotta have start me up i know oh, yeah it's a different show but it is definitely going to feel like old times who really is whoever came up with the concept of rick stroud and tom jones steve do you know who it was that came <laughs> up with the idea to put those two guys together because i'm sure a lot of people would have heard it and thought nope not a good idea but it was a good idea
2: I can tell you a lot of people who thought it was a bad idea when that's who I <laughs> oh, wanted good. to good.
1: Yeah. And and then, and then for a while afterwards, they thought it was yeah. a bad idea,
2: including all my bosses. Didn't think it was a very <laughs> good idea. great
0: Well, I wasn't so sure for the first couple of, you know, episodes because there was some uncomfortable pauses, uh, but that was just in my brain on the air was actually fine. And uh, you know, it, it worked out, it worked out. I don't even know what ever happened in the end, but it doesn't matter because we're here on sports day, Tampa Bay. And I'm as the kids say, I am here for it.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's it's great to uh, to hear your voice and, and I, I appreciate you hopping on and, and keeping us on the rails a little bit while Steve is uh, gonna take some time off. So um yeah, man, you got I mean, you got so much going on with USF with the rowdies. I know you cover them for the Tampa Bay Times. Um uh, we we'll get to talk some rowdies, which we don't get to do or don't do very often on this podcast, which will be awesome. Well, and, by the uh,
0: end of the couple of weeks uh, that we're filling in for Steve, who actually I don't think has had a vacation in his adulthood, uh, <laughs> we will be able to uh, tell you more about USF actually getting started for camp. But I, I know there's another football team in Tampa that just got it going. So I'm, I'm imagining you might be mentioning that a few times here during the next uh, several minutes.
1: Yeah, we might. And and that USF team, not just college football in general, is starting to uh, really Uh, become an interesting topic to say the very least with Texas Oklahoma apparently heading to the SEC all kinds of um, ramifications and tentacles into that one and that will affect USF as well so I want to get all your thoughts uh, on the next podcast Uh, uh, we'll we'll dive into college football a little bit and just college sports in general but man uh, how fast is the landscape changing with uh, uh, you know name image and likeness and, and, and just so much going on in college sports right now in a big year of course, uh, for USF as it always is. So we're going to do all of that. Uh, we will start with the Bucks because the Bucks started themselves, uh, you know, yesterday, and it was their first day of training camp. One of the first teams to report, of course, because they have the Thursday night game to open the regular season against I really believe the Dallas Cowboys, and then you know. So we were out there. It was uh, it was a clam bake. It was steamy. It was hot, and it was like eight o'clock in the morning. So that wasn't a good thing at all. But um, by the way,
2: by the way, before you get to that, how cool is it when you're watching the Olympics that the football's back promos that they run are the Buccaneers? Yeah. Like, you I, never see that. I mean, you know, because no. they're the first game. So right. it's the Buccaneers-Cowboys, and I'm seeing the promos all over the Olympic coverage.
1: On NBC, right. And and that is, you know, that's sort of where we'll start because that's the joy of being a Tampa Bay fan, Champa Bay, um, but particularly for the Bucs. You know, it, it, they, they win the Super Bowl. It's been a an unbelievable week heading up you know, to Sunday's opening a training camp. Of course, they went to the White House last Tuesday. They had the ring ceremony on Thursday. And try as he might, you know, Bruce Arians just wants to turn the page. He just wants to, I don't want to talk about any of that. I, You know, it's 2021. We're not defending. Well, yeah, good luck with that because um, that that same sort of, I guess, vibe, if you will. I mean, it's it's the start of a training camp like none other except for maybe 2003 because, when you're defending Super Bowl champions, you also have a little bit of a bump from that. I mean you're you know it, it's just not that long ago that the confetti was falling and and the vodka was you know being sucked down uh, by by Tom Brady and all of that and and just last week they were celebrating it and so try as you might. Um, it, yes, it's true. you're back down to the bottom of the mountain, but the fact of the matter is is that they're hyped. I mean, this football team feels like they can get better that they have just really begun uh, the process of, of uh, you know, uh, of improving. And, and they did that last year, of course, under uh, tough conditions with COVID, with all of that, the defense has gotten better. So uh, you could feel it. And, and the best thing about it, guys, were that, and I don't normally say this about training camp because I don't find anything good about training camp, but there were about 2,000, 2,500 fans out there. And just to see the energy that they bring, and how players, you know, these guys are performers. It's dreary. It's practice. It's hot. It's all that stuff. Um, they were hyped about that. You know, these these people were very excited to be that close, closer than they would be at Raymond James to Tom Brady and those guys. So it was really a cool atmosphere out there on Sunday.
2: Well, I well how about how about it was with you guys interviewing them in person, right?
1: Yeah, that was, that was good. I mean, listen, we, we're, I don't want to, I hate the word zoom. I don't zoom in my car. I don't do, I, I just, I'm I'm so over that. And then finally, um, even though we haven't really had the one-on-ones and I think maybe that'll come later, some of the one offs, but we were able to stand there outside, uh, those of us vaccinated without mask, without, uh, anything like that. Um, some six, six or eight feet away and actually have a conversation face to face. And it, it really, I mean, it was so liberating, you know, the things you, you miss and take for granted uh, about this job and actually talking to people. And, you know, the bucks did a good job. I mean, obviously we got Arians and we'll get him after every practice, but uh had a chance to ch- chat with, uh, with Mike Evans. Um, you know, also Carl Carlton Davis came up uh, for a while. I mean, we, You know, it was good. It was it was nice to have that that interaction. It's a lot easier to talk to those guys in person um, than it is, you know, on a camera. And we're all sick of that. But yeah, and we're hoping for you know for it to continue to progress and go that way. Maybe one day they'll open the locker rooms again. I don't know. Obviously, the variant uh, is not good. Florida has about a fifth of all the cases of COVID right now. Um, And speaking of which, uh, it was interesting. We talked to Leonard Fournette. I don't know if you guys saw this, but late last week. Leonard Fournette tweeted that uh, those 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 shots were not for him. Those so he clearly was a guy that at this point um, is not uh, inclined to get a vaccination. And I'm here to tell you, the NFL is going to make it really hard on any player that that isn't vaccinated because of the protocols. I mean, they're going to be tested some 140 times mm-hmm. um, during the season. They're going to have to wear a mask at the facility at all times uh, and and follow a lot of protocols eat pretty much by themselves when they travel, they're not going to be able to leave the hotel. They're not going to be able to do certain things. And it's going to be very, you know, very difficult. And I I think the reason is, is that, you know, the leak has said this year, if your team for whatever reason has an outbreak of COVID and you can't play a game, they're not rescheduling it. You know, they're, they're going to, it's going to be a forfeit. And so the cost is enormous for any team, um, that that has a trouble with the virus, and I think they did such a great job last year. Only had three players uh, missing games at all with it. That this is a big story in the NFL right now. And um, Fournette did allow today uh, or on Sunday that you know he he's still trying to make up his mind about the vaccine. He hasn't completely ruled out maybe getting it, um, but the coaches obviously they can't force it. Uh, they're they're recommending it obviously, but it's just interesting because I think a lot of decisions, you know, when you get down to those final roster cuts, for example, when you work, when you're working out a player from outside, the first question they're going to ask is, is he, is he vaccinated? And because there's just so many reasons uh, that it makes life easier for an NFL team. So uh, this is going to be a story that we're, we're going to be following, I think all year.
0: And the other thing that I got to ask you, because I've been to many a training camp myself, not nearly as many as you, but generally speaking, uh, and, and this is going to speak to the excitement level of what we're building here with Tom Brady and the crew. Uh, generally speaking, after I'd say four minutes, it's oh, this is training camp, all right. Feels like <laughs> training camp. Did, yeah. did that period? Did that period at least elongate during the first practice? Because it sounds like uh, it was a different vibe.
1: Well, it it was not for me, Derek, because like you, I'm I'm you know it takes about four seconds for me to realize, okay. oh my God, what have I done? I'm back out here frying again. But I think, yeah, no, I think the fans were into it for a good while, and and I just think that that um, is because uh, you know they, they're they're celebrating uh, what is a Super Bowl champion team, what is one that's favored perhaps to 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 be back uh, in the playoffs, certainly, and and maybe go deep again, and it's just. It's just different with Tom Brady. I, I can't, I can't explain to you uh, sort of the aura that he brings to a franchise. Um, but this is a talented football team. Obviously, they wouldn't have won last year. And and you know when you look out there and you see them all on the field together, um, they're so deep at the wide receiver position. Um, the offensive line is pretty solid. You know when you talk to Bruce Arians, um, and he's a realist. He he knows what the National Football League's about it's a war of attrition. And, you know, if you ask him, you know, what, what's the one thing you're concerned about, or what's the one thing that could derail this team? It's the same thing that derails any football team. It's injuries. And he says, you know, you, you, you hope for the best. You can't control those things, but you know, he has been in that position before with good football teams in Arizona. And then the next year they get obliterated by injuries. We saw it in the Super Bowl with Kansas city. They had four new offensive linemen and Patrick Mahomes was chased for 500 yards on the field. So um, you know that's something you can't worry about. You can't really think about. Um, but these guys, it's interesting when you talk to them. Uh, I do buy to the fact that uh, they still have a chip on their shoulder, and it's weird because I I think I think part of it is that people doubted them last year when they were seven and five, and then they won the eight straight games. But I also think that there's part of them that hear this echoing sort of in the back of their minds. Yeah, but it was COVID. Yeah, you went on the road and won three playoff games, but it was COVID. Yeah, you won the Super Bowl, but it was at your home stadium. And I think they want to get rid of any any possible asterisks or anything that might be lingering. I know the defense feels like they never got uh, sort of the respect they deserved. They held Kansas City uh, to without a touchdown. So these guys carry around a giant chip, and that starts with their quarterback who's, who stood up there at the ring ceremony and said, you know what? I'm still that guy that was picked 199 overall, you know, and my, my favorite ring is the next one. And, and all those things that just got those guys hyped up again.
0: That really is an amazing thing because I saw, of course – And we heard a lot of the murmurs with the, and sometimes louder than murmurs with the lightning and the whole salary cap thing. And, you know, last year was kind of a fluky and, uh, they didn't really have to run through that tough of opposition this year. So it's always great when you could still somehow to me, winning back to back is amazing, uh, to still have the fire and the ability and eventually carry it out possibly for another year, like the bucks are looking to do, but to, to have Tom Brady of all people have a chip is amazing to me but he's got it right
1: he absolutely has it and and the great ones do you know and I, and, and it's funny because in an interview um, that he had with Jim Gray you know he he almost invents things right like and that's what Jordan did um you know with respect to okay what's going to drive me you know this year last year whatever and he has come around with this thing about how you know there was one blankety blank team that went with that blankety blank and I couldn't believe it and you know that motivated me because he was a free agent a lot of teams looked at him and some of them said you know what we're going to go with our guy and I have said this like there may be a quarterback whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco who absolutely they couldn't trade him because of the contract whether it's Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee or Tua Tungavalo in Miami I don't know w- who he's talking about I also think that maybe there isn't a guy I also just think that maybe it's just all those teams that decided to pass on him and and he wants them all to believe that, yeah they're the team that he's really after you know um i'm not I'm not sure he didn't invent this you know in in his mind, so yeah, whatever it's, it takes whatever it he literally is whatever it takes, and that's what Jordan would do jordan would would dream up a slight that really didn't exist um and and that's sort of what what tom brady does he he walks around now it's his age, right nobody can do this at 43. nobody can do this at 44. I mean, he plans on playing until he's at least 45 it seems as long as his health is good so yeah it's really something to to see a guy with that much of an accomplishment that, that he has done still be driven seven Super Bowl rings isn't enough we need eight you know we need to do it twice in Tampa Bay to prove it wasn't a fluke so I think I think his teammates you know sort of sort of feed off of that as well
0: and the Leonard Fournette thing uh, was interesting, and it was almost casually mentioned by the league that uh, you know the forfeit thing. Uh, did we have any cases last year of games that got moved? I don't think there were.
2: There was lots of games moved. There was I mean, about we eight played games Tuesday moved, night games. Yeah. We played mm-hmm. a Wednesday game. Okay. Yeah, um, there was yeah, a lot they, of they moved the games. They didn't miss a game, but they right. did move many games. Yeah. Yeah. Many is maybe us. a little much. More. Okay. Well, uh,
0: I think that's no small thing. I mean, that that's not like. I mean, it's going to happen,
2: and yeah, they made Denver play without a quarterback. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, didn't
1: care. Yeah, (laughs) they play with a guy off the practice squad. Listen,
0: hadn't been that way since they had
1: Tebow. (laughs) Right, (laughs) and and look what he did, Tim. You mean the tight end for the New England or for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Tim Tebow?
0: So obviously, I mean, I know we're going to get the Bucks explicitly explicitly here in a second but that's more than implied pressure on the organizations to make sure everybody's taken care of
1: no it truly is and, and you know in talking to bruce arians i wrote this story in sunday's tampa bay times you can read it on tampa bay.com and the thing that everybody picked up out, out of this story which i don't i didn't bury the lead but it was in there um is that you know bruce arians saying i asked him i said are you at the 85 sort of this, sort of this perceived 85 percent threshold? The league hasn't come up with a number yet, but Major League Baseball has done that, where if you have that many uh, players vaccinated on your on your football team, you have certain relaxed protocols, et cetera. Uh, but really, it's just separate rules for for guys who are vaccinated, guys that are not. And I said, are you going to are you, are you there yet? What is the percentage? He goes, oh, we will be by the time we make cuts. <laughs> what does that tell you? The other thing he said is that he said, we're going to have a very serious conversation about vaccinations. And he goes, you know, uh, I don't like finding players, but I'm not going to tell anybody to get a mask on. If he sees a guy not following a protocol, which happens all the time, um, he says, I'm going to find him $14,000. And, you know, this is just who Bruce is. And he was. You know, beating the drum a year ago that you know the only thing that could beat them was the virus, and they weren't going to let that happen. And if you talk to coaches over there, it was Arians that you know was was sort of like the mask police and the testing police and all of that. And and this year he says, I'm you know I'm just going to find the guys, and I'll find them every single time they they step out of line. So um, yeah, whether you're Leonard Fournette, um, you know whoever it is that that decides that they're not going to be vaccinated. They're not going to have as good of a life for, for sure. And I think there'll be lots of peer pressure to, you know, on certain players, even though they're, they're happy to tell you that, you know, as Bruce did, he goes, well, it's, it's really up to the player. It's up to the individual, but it's not because this, this is a business. They're going to put immense pressure on these guys, um, you know, to make sure that, that they not only do not they not get sick, but they don't get anybody else sick as well. So it's certainly something to watch. Um, you know, the other thing about Arians is just, you know, he's going to be – circle this on your calendar because October 3rd is a big day for a lot of people, not the least of which it's uh, it's Bruce Arians' birthday. He'll be 69 years old, um, almost a, a septuagenarian when you think about it. But it's also the day that Tom Brady is going to be going back to New England and Gillette Stadium. So uh, what a birthday present uh, for Arians who is who's not really – a big story in that game. It's all gonna be about Brady. It's gonna be about New England and Bill Belichick and um, you know, the Patriots are uh, spent a lot of money in the offseason with free agents. You know, drafted a quarterback, obviously Mac Jones out of Alabama. They got Cam Newton back. So they they uh, they know what that game means to them as an organization. They know what it's gonna to mean to Brady and that his Bucks teammates will know it too. Um I just think it's fascinating that, you know, uh, what's what's coming down the road so quickly in the start of the regular season you've got the the Dallas Cowboys opening night Thursday night game uh the nation watching all of that start of the NFL season and then just a few weeks later after they play the LA Rams which might be the other best team in the NFC depending on what happens with you know Aaron Rodgers and those guys they go to New England and and they go you know to what I I have heard and I kind of agree might be the the biggest regular season football game, maybe in NFL history in terms of its anticipation and cost of tickets and all of that stuff. So um, it's going to be right out of the chute. We're going to know sort of, you know, how the Bucks handle having that target on their back as Super Bowl champions.
2: Well, and that's what's, that's what's going to be different because, I mean, particularly for the guys that have been on this team a long time, Mike Evans even talked about it. You know, You know, when I got here, everybody wants to beat Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. in this. And now everybody wants to beat the Buccaneers. And Mike Evans yeah. has never had that target on his back. Levante David's never had that target on his back. That's right. Um you know, a lot of these guys this organization hasn't had that that target on their back since, you know, winning a Super Bowl 20 years ago practically. Yeah. Um you know, so how they handle that will be very interesting. Um and and knowing you've got an extra game this regular season too. You've got 17 games this year. Not just right. 16. Right, you know, So you've got to navigate that, and you're going to have an extra road game being the NFC this time. So you've got nine road games compared to eight home games this
1: year. That's correct. And that game is in Indianapolis, which is a good football team. So, yeah, all of that um, is going to factor into it. And, and, you know, I think Arians is ready for it. Look, he's got a great coaching staff. Of all the guys coming back, and there's the 22 starters, a lot of these guys are older. And um, Ndamukong Sue, mm-hmm. Jason Pierre-Paul, you don't know. Usually your players don't get more productive in, in – Less injured as they get older in in the game of football but i I do think Derek, to your point, like you talked about the lightning like a lot of you know a lot of those guys I think realize because of salary cap and other things that this was going to be the last time this group is together. There's a good young core of players on this football team, but there's still i think the same sort of feeling like this group wants to do it again together, and they know that that for a lot of them um this could be their last year, and i I, I think there's so many parallels between the Lightning and the Bucks with with respect to their, you know, desire and focus to repeat that it's 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 really fascinating to me.
0: Oh, it's fascinating to a lot of people, and uh, and I know, I know, first day of, of training camp's not going to reveal too many surprises, Rick. But if you can get into some of what actually took place, I'm sure, sure. All, all eyes were on number twelve. But any anybody else's eyes uh, diverted to another player or two?
1: Well, I think you know I think, uh, like I said, that you know most of the guys we know that are back um, there are some some rookies that that people will be paying attention to. Joe Tryon being one of those now, what the Bucks did and what they do in training camp so that guys don 't just stand around and get two or three reps is they actually split them up you know uh, if you 're not a starter or a major contributor you 're on sort of the j v field you 're on the, the the Jason field. Um, you know, where instead of Tom Brady quarterbacking, it's Ryan Griffin, it's Kyle Trask, um, you know, and Blaine Gabbert, and and, and Brady will be on one field. Um, a lot of those young guys, like Joe Tryon and some others, were were on the other field. Um, there were some times, though, when they were doing um, sort of individual drills or man-to-man drills in the passing game. Uh, you know, this this J Jay, Jalen Darden kid, you probably know him or heard his name. Derek uh, led the nation in touchdowns at North Texas, uh, this kid is so fast, uh, and, and usually catches the ball pretty well. He got behind the defense a few times and he dropped two passes. <laughs> and uh, and Arians, Arians was, you know, did not miss that. He was, uh, you know, he's like, Well, you know, it's great to get behind the defense, you gotta catch a damn ball when he gets there, you know, or he's not gonna get to play. But, um, they've Thanks, just to added it
0: up by saying, Damn, by the way,
1: yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and they just, yeah exactly they they just added to what is already um a stable of of you know elite receivers and and fast guys and I think you know uh, in, in the case of Darden he's going to be a return guy as well so he can help them immediately um but there is an awful lot of talent out there and this that's just another kid um that I think you know has a has a bright future and they're really hoping for a lot of great things from him um it's also good to see Cameron Kinley you know the kid from Navy that uh, really f- mounted essentially a political campaign to, to let the Naval Academy uh, delay his commission. And it finally went all the way to the president of the United States, essentially, um, allowing that to happen. And so uh, even though, you know, he had been apart from his team for some time, uh, he was back in camps. It's a tough team to make. This is not when you have that many returners, you know, they got a young secondary, where there's just not that many spots, but really you're fighting for 61. You're trying to at least get on that practice squad, which is actually expanded even more than that. So I think Kinley has a good chance, but uh, what a, what an impressive guy to talk to. And you, you know, that, that was quite the story in the off season um, with, with him really uh, making so many appearances and appealing to so many people, senators. And like I said, eventually all the way up to the president that, Uh, just give himself an opportunity as as other people from you know uh, not just the naval academy but other military academies have done so yeah it was it was a good first day it was it was sort of what you would expect Um, not perfect in its execution the guys got a little tired um, you know after the first half of practice the second half wasn't as good but they finished up early which was great Um, they got a lot of plays in and Hey, you know they're back out there, bright and early again each each morning at eight thirty. It's 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 a grind. It's it's not like last year where they had about ten days and then they went to the regular season. I mean, this is a a full training camp with three preseason games instead of four, and sort of a week off in between uh, after that third week before the start of the regular season. So we got a long, long way to go. We're going to talk a lot about the Bucks, of course. Um, we should mention the Rays. Uh, I was going to say, this- hold on.
2: Can we first talk about Tom Brady's social media posts?
1: Oh, my God. Well, first of all, are people buying that he's able to throw balls to the moon and and also uh, into, I guess, the reverse of what would be like a jugs gun? Yeah. Do you see this thing? I think this was shot at Berkeley Prep, if I'm not mistaken. Derek, you might be more familiar with it if you saw it on, on Twitter, but I, I think they've erected some buildings in the end zone there. It looked like Berkeley, but wherever it was, I mean, this is incredible to watch to watch how they produce this thing. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure you couldn't do that. It's certainly not on the first take. But my goodness, those are impressive sort of social media posts. Well, so if
2: you haven't if you haven't seen it, Tom takes a football, throws it to a jugs gun. It throws it back to him. Spits throws it, out. it to the jugs gun. It lands mm-hmm. right where it, sp- it throws it right back to him. And then he backs up. Then he backs up. Goes like you know he's in the pocket. Backs up and hits the jugs gun. It goes right into the spot it would fire out, and it actually tipped it over and it shoots Knocks the ball straight over. up. Yeah.
0: Uh, Steve you explained it but I don't think if you haven't seen it people are going to fully appreciate the fact that he threw it right into a very very tight yeah right window and it was at UCLA incidentally and, oh okay uh, they, I saw they, the
1: blue and gold
0: yeah they even uh, put it out themselves UCLA is like hey Tom Brady working out and yeah. I gotta say my first reaction was very impressed and my second reaction was well that's got to be fake and then my third reaction was why would he go through the effort of faking that so i think, I, I, I think one in three went out i think that actually happened and there's you're right. no way it's just a question of how many takes it takes it actually uh endure to get that right but yeah let's go i guess
1: i i just can't imagine that that, that can be real i i don't know how it's done I know he's accurate. I don't think he could be that. And how could you, I mean, I can't believe we're debating this, but like if, if the okay. wheels of a jugs gun, a gun are spinning, <laughs> sounds like wheels on the bus go round and around. Mm-hmm. If the wheels of a jug, jugs gun is spinning to shoot the football out, how hard must you be able to throw it through that window to get it to stick in there and come back out again? It's just crazy to me.
0: Yeah. Now that you say that, I'm back to, to answer number two. That can't yeah, be. Yeah. Well, I, I, think no a I, I, think I think it's a little trick.
1: Assuming it's
2: real. How many takes do you think it took?
1: oh my god i I mean maybe not as many as we would imagine, but a lot right? yeah, it can't fake. be real. can't it's be fake.
2: real. it's fake,
0: but
1: yeah, can't be real.
0: C- credit to Tom Brady, you know finally he's finally getting some attention.
2: I mean, my sons love to watch those dude dude perfect videos. I mean, that's what it's kind of like. it's kind of like
0: exactly. I'm not a big fan of trick shots, and, and to be honest with you, just a mini rant here. Mm-hmm. It's like people shooting the ball from you know. The, the upper deck in a, in a basketball arena is like mm-hmm. hit hit a clutch free throw. Okay, you want to <laughs> impress me, right? Unless Make you're going to do goal. that, unless you're going to do that in the game, I don't need you to score from eighty thousand feet away and be like, "Yeah, I really just did that." All right, sorry.
1: Tom you know Brady, be- Tom Brady can do whatever he wants, well, obviously. But-, but you know who's become a trick shot artist on on the internet or on the interweb, as the kids call it? Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Johnson. Oh, Have you yeah. seen?
0: Okay, Brad's allowed to because he's retired. It's like he doesn't need to impress me anymore. <laughs> that actually did impress me. It was,
1: yeah. He's throwing footballs through basket basketball hoops from I don't know how far away, and following that up with a long shot. Like he's, you know, it's no. press yeah,
0: old, old geezers are allowed to do it, especially if uh, he's being his cool about it as he was that was he pretty cool really about the, it. the fist pump at the end was pretty sweet too
1: yeah yeah uh, he's he's got that going all right so quickly about the race steve should we mention him here before we get out
2: yeah we'll talk a little more tomorrow they're off today but mm-hmm. um they take three or four from the indians over the weekend blew the game in the eighth inning against the indians on sunday otherwise they would have had a season sweep against the indians yeah How about that? first
1: loss there yeah
2: yeah Uh, but I think the bigger news is the two trades they pulled off since the last time we recorded. Uh, Well, I I I quickly mentioned the Nelson Cruz one on Friday show. Right. And then they traded Rich Hill over the weekend.
1: Didn't see that coming. Uh, You know, and I know he hadn't pitched well of late, like his last two or three Mm -hmm. starts have been a little shaky, but at the end of the day, I mean, this guy still, I think, led the staff in wins. Uh, He was definitely a front-of-the-rotation guy for them. You could argue maybe him or and or a guy Derek Smith with Shane McClanahan, but um, you know for a team that doesn't have enough starting pitching to trade one of the guys that has been taking the ball every five games, that's that's stunned me. Even at even at forty one, I mean I I assume that they must be pretty confident in either Chris Archer or maybe the return of Tyler Glass now, or and this might be more likely they're not done yet. There's there's a deal out there for a starting pitcher that they absolutely must be trying to to get done.
2: I believe they're looking at, at deals. I don't know what's out there. I think you brought up a couple great points. Chris Archer has looked really well and should be back soon with this team. Right. Uh, they're high on Luis Patino and they want to get him more. They are. It's not, mm-hmm. and, and basically, he was taking Rich Hill's spot in the rotation. Um. And then I think it really signals that Glassnow is going to be back before the end of the regular season.
1: That's incredible.
2: I mean, I, I, and the word is he he's progressing well in his rehab. Um, you know, so you're thinking sometime in September, Tyler Glassnow is going to be back with his team. But the other thing, and, and this is, you know, Rich Hill's a different type of pitcher than what the Rays look for. If you saw his outing today with the Mets, and he had his first chance with the Mets, 62 pitches, zero swings and misses. Mm. That's not a typical raise type pitcher. And and, and Rich Hill was. I mean, he did well this year. But I think, you know, when you looked at what they thought they would need come playoff time, I don't know if they thought that type of pitcher was going to work.
0: That's brutal. 62 is not one swing and miss. Yeah, he, he, he tried to fool you more than beat you. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't, Swing and miss very often. At least the Rays don't. When they make these deals, they usually get the best of it. I know they gave up some prospects, but that's what their minor league system is about, and they continue to restock that. So, um, you know, I'll say this: they made their their lineup better. There's no doubt oh, the that Nelson, Nelson Cruz Cruise
2: deal, and they gave up some pieces. They did. I mean, Joe Ryan and Drew Strohmann; those are two good pitchers. Joe Ryan's mm-hmm. uh, over in the Olympics right now. Um, right. You know, one of the hard things was getting a hold of him to tell him that he had been traded because <laughs> um, he's over in Tokyo at, at the time. Um, but, I mean, they gave up pieces, but Nelson Cruz instantly makes your lineup better. He had two home runs in his first three games. Not bad. Uh, he's going to make everyone around him better, not just mm-hmm. because of his position in the lineup, but the type of teammate and player he is. Everywhere well, everywhere he's been, you, you players will tell you what a great teammate he is, he, how he helps others, how he's... You know, he's and especially at his age now. I mean, he's what, 41 years old. Right. But he's a mentor to a lot of these guys and he loves it and takes it and takes that on. And, you know, he makes people around him better, not just players, but people, too. I love the, uh, uh,
0: the note where it said uh, Wander Franco was born, uh, same year Nelson Cruz started off his pro <laughs> career. And it's it's no coincidence. They're having him sort of mentor him.
1: Like, absolutely. Absolutely. I was just going to say he rode uh, whatever to the stadium, spent time with Wander. And, you know, what a better guy to just sort of put things in perspective when you're at the start of your career. And Franco had been struggling. You know what? He had a pretty damn good series against the Cleveland Indians. He seemed a lot more relaxed and he played pretty well. And, you know, you know, nothing like one of your countrymen that you've idolized, obviously grown up uh watching and and to have that guy sit next to you who's been there, you know, been right where you are literally um you know to calm him down and and sort of help him through the the process of becoming a major league everyday player it's just it's going to be great for them from that standpoint and you know what Meadows uh, is going to have to play some outfield I don't think they're they're necessarily going to be stronger that way uh, this guy's going to DH every game pretty much so they're going to have to find creative ways to to utilize all those other players who will be getting some, some rest and then go with the hot hand or the hot bat, um, it'll work itself out. You'll have some injuries coming down the stretch, but Meadows is red hot too. Uh, so is G-Man Choi, who's been swinging a good bat. So it's, it was good to see, uh, if you're a Rays fan, see them um, uh, bash Cleveland pitching. If they gotten any help from the Yankees, my goodness. <laughs> what happened there, man? Are they, they, are they-, they
2: took a no-hitter and a 4 nothing lead to the eighth inning and lost.
1: And that's their third loss in four games in the last at-bat to the Boston Red Sox, right?
2: Yeah, so the Red Sox get a hit to lead off the eighth inning off Diego Herman. They take him out. They bring in Luizaga. Four more straight hits. <laughs> and so, you know, at that point now it's, what, 4-3 with two more on, and, yeah, it just it got ugly. Incredible. Um, yeah, the Yankees have problems. The Yankees have Hit 21 home runs this year by left handed batters mm. with that short right field porch.
0: Yeah,
1: right.
2: 21. Goodness. It's the second lowest in baseball as far as left handed hitters hitting home runs. The Yankees are a mess. Their bullpen's a mess. They They have no one right now in that bullpen they trust. Hate to see that. Chad Green. Chapman, the I mean, Derek, you,
1: you, hate to see that. Yeah,
2: yeah, you really do. You really do.
1: <laughs> the Yankees lose. The only
2: the only thing is, you would have liked them to beat the Red Sox to help the Rays, but
1: yeah. Well, the big series coming up at the Drop, right? Yeah, Tuesday, of. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to be so. really something to watch. They set one game out of first place as, as we do this podcast, and a uh, chance to take over the AL East. So we'll look forward to that. So Derek Sharp will be back. Uh, all week, the next couple of weeks as Steve goes on vacation, I want to, uh, get into college football, the changing landscape of that. It's just going to be incredible. We'll talk about that on uh, tomorrow's podcast. Steve is off for parts. And where are you headed anyway? Are you going out of town or are you,
2: yeah, I'm going out of town. I'm going to, uh, we're road tripping it with the kids and we're going to go see some family, uh, Virginia and North Carolina area. And then we're going to hit Atlanta and nice. check out the new stadium there. I haven't been to truest park there, so. Um, we're going to go there with the kids and, you know, do some touristy things in Atlanta and just have some fun. I haven't taken a vi- you know, it's funny cause, uh, this week and I don't know which day, but it's going to be our thousandth show for sports. You're gonna, for
1: wait a minute. You're going to miss our thousandth. I will. Joke? I will actually. <laughs> what? Who does that?
2: <laughs> I didn't know. Are you know going to send us a, a cake or something? Week. Like, do we,
1: yeah. are you going to like, you know, call in like, what? Yeah.
2: I don't, I, I don't know. I, I didn't even realize it until uh, last week when we were looking. I was like, oh, wait, a thousand shows. A thousand shows. But I don't think wow. I've missed one. I mean, I've done some no, you have the not. road and whatever else. but Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a long time since we've taken a vacation as a family. So with, once That's the lighting awesome. season ended and before school starts up in two weeks, kind of had to squeeze it in now. So
1: Yeah, yeah it's coming up quick. It's crazy well, school
2: starting in two weeks.
1: I know we'll we'll, uh, we'll try to hold the fort down. The kids have the have the house to themselves. God knows, yeah. uh, it's going to get fun when we get uh, Derek, of course, and then and then Tom Jones is going to join us this week that'll so, be really when it gets the whole band back that's, together that's when we're off the rails at that point but <laughs> it'll it'll be a hell of a lot of fun so we hope you guys listen uh appreciate Derek Sharp of course uh, as always uh sitting in for us and keep keeping us uh, straight on this on this podcast as Steve goes on vacation but um lots to talk about we'll we'll dive into some some college football man just so much going on uh in the world of college sports particularly football with USF getting ready to begin their training camp as well so We'll do that on tomorrow's podcast. For Steve Versnick and Derek Sharp, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Join us today during the Jeep
0: Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.